Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. So we're talking about the, the Valley of Elah. The Valley of Elah, I believe, represents the Valley of Battles. The Valley of Battles. I feel that it represents the Valley of Battles because we just found out that this is the true location of the battle between Goliath and David. It is a place where we face major challenges. It is a place where life just insults you when you weren't looking. It is a place where the enemy will taunt the people of God. It is a place where the devil will defy the true and living God. It is a place where the enemy will try to paralyze you with problems. It's the valley of battles. The valley of battles will make you whimper in fear or worship in faith. There is no either or. You're either going to draw down or you're going to run after your enemy. you got to make a choice and a decision today. The valley of battle will make you depressed or determined. Which one are you? The valley of battle will make you feel like you're a coward or a conqueror. Which one are you? I'm asking that question. It's rhetorical. You don't have to answer it, but I'll ask you again later. In this valley, David teaches us that in order for us to accomplish great things for God, we got to step up and take some risks. Yes. David took a risk when he came after Goliath. David stepped out in faith. We got too many Christians. They just want to. They just uh, oh, I just want all the conditions to be right. God, wait a minute. God, I don't have the right money. I'm not in the right church. I hadn't been to seminary. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> Somebody said, take a stand. Take See, one thing you must understand before you leave this church today, you need to solidify something in your heart. You are a giant slayer. Amen. I said, you are a giant slayer. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a giant slayer. Giant. Now, come on, come on. Make it personal. Say, I am a giant slayer. <laughs> Hey, look at here, look at here. See, we got all kinds of giants that we face every day in our lives. But when you come across that bill or, or when you come across that person that you know is a giant in your life, uh, you must know inside yourself, I am a giant slayer. Yeah. And you're going to bow down to me today and not be defied by those things. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Write this down. Write this down. And, uh, you know, I always tell you to put this out on Facebook. We got a hashtag, C3 Lessons from the Valley. I don't mind you using your cell phones and, and doing stuff on Facebook and social media from this church. Listen, get the word out because the people need to hear what we're preaching. Amen. Hello, somebody. Listen, you cannot take a stand sitting in the stands. See, we got too many people sitting in the stands. It's just like when we watch the football games, when we watch the championship, it didn't go like I wanted to go. But praise God, we're going back. Amen. So, so listen, it didn't go like I wanted it to go. But look, look. Everybody up in the stands trying to tell a coach what they should be doing. It does not matter if, if they win the game or not. If you're sitting in the stand, you still won't get a ring. The only way you can get the prize is you got to participate. We got too many spectators in the church. Oh, pastor, you go do it. Oh, oh elder, you go do it. Oh, deacon, you go do it. Oh, minister, you go do it. While I sit back and watch you and I applaud you and your whole life is lived looking at the back of somebody else's head. When God is calling you to step up to the plate and take some risks. No more being comfortable, saints of God. We are living in an evil day. We can't just sit back and complain. We need to get involved. Amen. Hello, somebody. As long as you keep sitting in the stands, you'll never take a stand. Amen. Am I talking to somebody in here today? Amen. 
If ever there was a time when Christians need to stand up for righteousness and holiness and godly morality, it's now. If ever there was a time for Christians to stand up for truth in the midst of a perverse generation, it's now. If ever there was a time when pastors need to restore integrity and character to the pulpit, it's now. Now is the time for us to do this. Now is the time for you to get up, guard yourself up, and move out for God. I will, sister. Thank you. Glory to God. See, I'm, I'm motivated. I'm powered up, man, because I'm, I'm, the reason I'm amped up is because I can sense that the church is about to move to a new level. I believe that we've been sifted for the shifting. And I don't know about you. I'm tired of being sifted. I'm ready for the shifting. Somebody said, take a stand. Somebody said, take a stand. If ever there was a time when Christians need to understand the difference between that which is holy and that which is profane, it's now. Everything that's gyrating on the stage ain't gospel. And just because a so-called person put God in a song, don't make it a godless song. If a person can go to a club where you drinking and you can dance to the same song they're playing in church, there's a problem. Hello, somebody. Oh, now, don't get quiet on me now. Now when I'm all up in your Kool-Aid, don't get quiet. You know, you was in the car riding over here listening to that same song. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about. When a man who's supposed to be a man of God refuses to reprove those who are not living right, what does that make him? Because the failure to make a decision is a decision. And see, saints of God, there's no way we can lose our religion. That means we lose Christianity. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So any, anytime a Christian person purports that, that means that's a person who don't know the scriptures. And if you don't know the scriptures, how can you know God? Hello, because the, the, the Bible teaches us that in order to know him, we got to study his word. He said, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That, oh, I'm sorry, that's for the pastors. I never saw where it says, pastors, you need to study. It says study. That's all Christians. It's your responsibility to study. How are you going to know if I'm right or wrong if you're not even studying the word of God? How are you going to judge if if what I'm saying even lines up or not? Listen, I studied the Bible and I went to church. And when something wasn't lining up, I bumped my wife. You say, I see that ain't ain't what that says. You see that right there? That's not what that says right there. We're going to go study that a little longer. I think that brother missed that right there. I ain't lying. Sometimes I want to throw my, I don't even watch Christian television. I had to stop. Please don't stop watching Christian television because I said that. It's not demonic. I'm just saying I can't watch it because I see so much stuff that's wrong. Not that I know everything, but I know when something don't line up with the word. I I know when somebody's just trying to peddle you for money. Oh, send me $100 and I'll send you a prophecy. Uh, No, just send that $100 to this church. And I ain't going to prophesy to you. I'm going to give you the truth. Because, see, if you are looking for somebody to prophesy to you, you will be susceptible to be prophesied to. I I don't look to be prophesied to when I study the Bible. He prophesies to me. 
see, this, 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 this will put those self-proclaimed prophets in their seat. Because, see, we got people, oh, you got a word for me? You got a, you got a word? Yeah, I got a word. Study the Bible. <laughs> Stay out of my face and put your face in that book. Hello, somebody. Instead of being on Facebook, put your face in this book. Okay. Is that plain enough? Somebody said now is the time. Listen, write this down because all of us go through battles. Amen? Anybody in a battle right now? Hey, 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 listen. If you're not in one, just hold on. It's coming. I ain't lying. It's coming. I'm coming. Either you're going in one, in one, or coming out of one, but everybody in the church is in one of those three places. And sometimes you might be going into two. And then when you come out of one, there's three. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you lick one, you go, oh, Lord, here you go. <laughs> you again? All right, write this down. If you stay immature, it would never be your season. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it would never be your season if you stay immature. I want to take you to Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. I want to read it a little bit, and then uh, we'll go back to uh, Samuel. Uh, Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. A lot of us know this scripture text. It says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Somebody say, Arise and shine. Uh, it didn't say shine and arise. It said arise and shine uh, because we've got to understand that, that, that you've got to arise first in your mentality. You've got to arise first in your maturity before you can shine. Because the degree to which you arise will be, t- be determined by the degree to which you shine. See, a lot of people say, you know, I'll shine, but, but God got to do something first. No, God says it's time for you to arise. Arise and shine. In other words, you got to do something first, saints. Well, you waiting on? I'm just waiting on God to do something. No, God says step out. See, Peter would never have experienced walking on water until Peter stepped off the boat. Notice what did not happen. Jesus didn't pick him up and put him in the water. What are you waiting on? He ain't going to pick you up and put you in the water. Somebody say, I will arise. It says, arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Something that you got to understand is the spirit falls, but the glory rises. See, the Holy Spirit fell, but the glory rises. What does that mean? There has to be something on the inside of you that needs to be stirred up before you arise and shine. And sometimes you got to stir yourself up in the Lord. David, David said, I have to encourage myself in the Lord. When nobody is calling you, booking them, left out, dead out, everybody walked away from you. Nobody is calling. Sometimes you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. Hallelujah. And just say, no matter, come hell or high water, I'm going to follow God. Amen. Somebody say, I will arise. I will arise. And see, when you arise, that means you, you go up in your maturity. See, the more and more you mature, the more and more you shine. Glory to God. Hello, somebody. So it's time to wake the babies up. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? The baby Christians. <laughs> it's time to wake them baby Christians up, amen? It's time for us to arise and shine. How you going to be in church for 20 years and you still a baby? It will, I know this is nasty. Excuse me. I know. 
<laughs> this is real nasty. It would be like a mother has a child that's 20. And he's still pooping in his... Somebody say that's nasty. Hello, somebody. I'm here to grow up a church. Not milk babies. See, you all, all up in my message, see. I'm not here to milk babies. I'm here to grow up a church. I'm here to take you to maturity, and you can't do it without a strong truth. I think, I think, I think there is so much of a lie that's perpetuated out there in the world and even in a lot of churches that sometimes it can become a little difficult to discern what's truth and what's not. Amen? So I just have determined inside myself that I would always speak the truth in this house so you would be able to have a standard. But that starts with me. Somebody say it starts with me. You have to go up in your mentality first so that the glory of the Lord can be risen on you. See, see, when you allow God to fill you with his revelation, listen to me close, saints. Listen, this is, this is so key. If you allow God to fill you with his revelation, that revelation will overcome your situation. Amen. Some of y'all just missed that. You got, you got that one? I don't have that one up there. I'm sorry. But, but the revelation will overcome your situation. The word. You need the word first. The word will tell you how to deal with your situation. Most of the time we got our A, B, C, D, E, F, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, F, G, H, I. That's, that's a lot of planning. When the woman of God said, I just, uh, okay, God, I just surrender. Why don't we just go to one step? I give up. Step one. I just give up. Right? That's what the woman of God said, right? So listen, when I stopped drinking, I didn't go to a 12-step 12, 12 program. It was one step, Jesus. I was drinking, no drinking. One step. Now, that's not the case for everybody. Some people have to go through those 12 steps. But I just decided that that's just too much. Because most of that was on me. And because I wasn't an alcoholic, and nobody was going to tell me that I was, because once people tell you that you are, you become what they... So that's why I don't, I, I don't like places like that, because they're already telling you what you are. So if they're telling you what you are, how can God tell you what you're not? No, no. My God says I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. My God didn't call me an alcoholic. That's why you got to be careful of those who are around you because, see, some people that you stay around will keep you immature. And you will know because the moment you grow, that's when they start acting up. That's the moment. It's like a barrel of monkeys. They're trying to pull you back. The moment you want to step out and do something great, they go, you can't do that. Yeah, I remember I was in that other mess. I was like, girl, you better be careful. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I was talking about that. Every they just, just Debbie Downer. Oh, negative Nancy. All right. You just can't say nothing. Now. You, better, oh, you better not go over there. You're going to get killed. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, I got to get the ghetto out. You know, see what I'm saying? You got, sometimes you got to get away from some people so that you can mature. I don't know who that is for you, but you might need to go ahead and get away from them. Uh, let, me, let me give you another good one. Ooh, I forgot about that one. No matter what you're going through, the holes in his hands will hold you. I have forgot I had that one on my list here, but I ain't going to do that one right now. Let's do this one. I love this quote by uh, philosopher T.S. Eliot. He says, only those who will risk going too far can possibly find out how far one can go. Now, that only works with those who are doing something. If you ain't doing anything, you have no idea what this means. You, you're looking at that like, I, 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 I don't know. If you're not doing anything, this, ha- this, means, this means nothing. This, it means, I'm telling you, if you're not doing anything right now, that don't mean anything to you. But once you get up and start doing something, once you are driven towards your destiny, once you know, I don't care who says what, how, set money, I don't care, but I got somewhere I need to go. God has called me from something to something, and either you can go with me or stay behind, but you're not going to slow me up. Yeah. See, when you understand that, you understand that it takes a great risk to step out in faith. Come on, somebody. God is telling us we need to take a risk. It's a risk for a little old ruddy fellow to come against a nine-foot giant with all of the armor he had on, and all he had was a slingshot. That's a risk. Somebody say, I got to take a risk. Write that book. Write that song. Take a risk. Yeah, everybody's not going to like it, but look, they're sitting at home trying to complain, but they're not doing anything. They might talk about you at the barbershop, but that's all they are, full of hot air at the barbershop. While you're going on and doing great things for God. Amen. Amen. Am I motivating somebody in here this morning? Now, don't just take this stuff and then you go home and do nothing. (laughs) That was a good word. I ain't going to do nothing, no. I'm telling you, I am sick and tired of preaching and teaching people. That refuse to grow up. And I'm not talking about you. I'm just saying in general. People need to grow up in church. We got so much foolishness going on in church. And it's because people are immature. And I'm talking about the pastors in the pulpit. Can't untie two scriptures, but yet they want to preach all over the world. They want to be a bishop and they got, got just don't know anything. Just acting. Listen. Um, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me last night. He told me that I need to divorce my wife. And oh, yeah, ha, ba, ba, ba. Yeah, and I need to marry the church secretary. You know, that's, that's happened in front of a congregation by a certain bishop. <laughs> All I can say is, I, 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 I wasn't in that church, but I can just imagine one of my shoes just accidentally flying up. Stop lying, Bishop! You know God didn't tell that man to divorce his wife and marry. That's, that's, that's flesh. 
They ain't never flesh, guys. 3,000 people left with this bishop. Now, bishop, how you going to tell me when I got troubles in my marriage? And I'm going to come to you so that your backslidden self can tell me what to do in my marriage to keep my marriage wholesome, healthy, and whole, but yet you couldn't keep yours together. Not so much as repent, because sometimes y'all need to get a divorce, but some, sometimes, but listen, not everybody, but even if you have to, if you repent because you did something wrong, you should at least repent to the church. People that are following you. Now, everybody can't stay together. I know that. I am not one of those pastors that say, everybody, oh, the Lord going to get you if you're divorced. I am not. And listen, you need to rightly divide the word of truth because when the Bible says that God hates divorce, he said it in the book of Malachi. And you need to understand what Malachi was saying before you use that as a general scripture. When God says he hated divorce, he hated it in a certain context. And the context was the priests were divorcing their wives and marrying younger women. In that context, God said, I hate divorce. But if he's beating your brains out, you need to get out. And I'll be the first pastor to say, you need to pack up your stuff. Hello, somebody. See, I'm not one of those pastors. You got to stay in there just to be staying in there. Oh, you're just not going to be blessed. Oh, yeah, you'll be blessed when you get out. Now, a lot of people ain't going to like this stuff that I preach. I ain't here to make friends with nobody. I'm here to try to save your crazy behind. God does not want anybody beating up on his daughters. That is not love. Mm -hmm. Love will bring love. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. I almost went out there. I got young people in the house. Praise God. So listen, listen. I know I'm not going to get through all of this. I know I'm not, but I got, some, I got some valuable things that I need to show you, okay? So there are seven valuable life lessons to learn from, from this particular valley. I might get to one more, and then we're going to go, and then we'll get to the rest, because I know you guys need to go and get dinner, and I know that every restaurant is going to be packed. Y'all know it. I hope y'all got reservations. Y'all got reservations, because if you didn't get reservations, you just, you just <laughs> you're not getting in there. Amen? So listen, just give me the flexibility. I'm going to talk about a couple of things, and then we're going to wrap up, and then we'll finish this next week. Amen? Now, has this been a blessing so far? So the number one thing is, amen, amen, give God a hand clap of praise. The number one thing that you got to understand, saints of God, it's an individual thing. It's time for you to get up and do something. Take a risk. Take a risk. Is it going to be scary? I hope it is, because it's not a risk if it ain't going to be scary. Listen, listen, let me tell you something. When we was in, 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 in uh, Cabo and, and we, was, <laughs> we was doing that zip lining, you know, you got to take a risk. Because we, the, the longest zip line we did was over 1,600 feet on top of one mountain to the next mountain. Right, baby? And we were so high, we could see the Pacific Ocean. Once you step off, you commit it. I mean, I, I'm just saying, it, it ain't no reaching back and trying to, no, once you step up, oh, you got to go. I mean, you out there, you free falling. Yeah, you better. (laughs) 
<laughs> you be out there like my brother. <laughs> praise God. First you say it, then you do it. <laughs> so praise God. So once you're out there, right, you're committed. You know that's what God wants from us? He wants you to free fall. Amen. Because once you got out there, you went, yes, this is not, I mean, nothing between you and, and this valley. And you see everything. And at that moment, you're saying, boy, if I fall, I'm so glad I'm safe. Because ain't nothing going to catch you. Ain't no net. Right? But I loved it. It was so much fun. And we had a 92-year-old man that did every one of those zip lines with us. 91. Did every one of those zip lines. 91. He took a risk. With a heart. 91-year-old heart. That's a risk. Hello, somebody. Now, listen, listen. Let me, let me, oh, ooh. Okay, God, I see it. You got a 91-year-old man that's willing to take a risk when you got 30-year-old people in the church that won't. Just scared of everything. Phobias. There's so, oh, so many phobias. I'm just scared. Ooh, that's a bridge. Whew. Ooh, can you pull over? Lord, Jesus, that's a long bridge. Then you couldn't live where I live because when, when, when you went from Mobile to New Orleans, uh, we say New Orleans, but... I'm just for you guys, it's New Orleans. But if you went from Mobile to New Orleans, right, Brad? Because that's where Brad, Brad is from, Louisiana. It's from New Orleans. You got to cross Lake Pontchartrain. That is one of the longest bridges you got to cross. So you can't be, once you're there, you committed. It ain't no backing up. Right? But why, why are we so afraid of stuff? Oh, yeah, I know you got older and you got scared of stuff. You know, when we were young, we weren't afraid of anything. That's right. That's right. Look, man, I'm telling you, where, where is Brendan? Brendan and Michael, when they were little, they, they just jumped off the top bunk. <laughs> Fall on the floor. Boom, the whole house shaking. And you running there, boy? Boy, is it okay? They don't know fear. You know who teach kids fear? We do. We do. Don't do that. <laughs> we teach them fear. And then they go, no, we can't do that. And then they grow up to be little fearful people. Don't take that cruise, girl. <laughs> you go out on that cruise, you know they're getting sick on the boat. <laughs> you know where we got to go, we got to fly, girl. <laughs> you better not get on that airplane. <laughs> You know, those things fall out the sky. <laughs> they do fall out the sky. Cars crash every day, right? You save, aren't you? Go on, take that flight. Listen, just take it and sweat and just pray the whole way. Hello, somebody, pray the whole way. Amen? Take, 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 take. Take you something. I ain't talking about no drugs. I'm just saying. Take you like some Benadryl or something. <laughs> Take you something to get you through, right? Because it can be scary. That first flight can be scary, especially if it's a little bumpy, bumpy. Right? Anybody ever been on a real bad flight? That's a scary thing, isn't it? Especially if you hit one of them good dips. <laughs> oh, God. When your stomach show up in your throat. <laughs> you be like, okay. 
Stop it. Don't do that again. <laughs> you know? Amen. I'm way off. I'm sorry. Seven lessons. Uh, let me go. To <laughs> See, that's why I love preaching at this church. Y'all so funny. Spiritual weakness affects a whole nation, guys. Spiritual weakness affects a whole nation. And see, this is why we get back to the story of David, because here it was, this giant was taunting the whole army of Israel. Okay, let me see if I can put this in proper perspective. Okay, um, um, uh, Iran. Let's just say Iran is, 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 is taunting us pretty much like what they're doing now. So, uh, but, so, here we are, we got one of the most powerful militaries in the world, but we're scared. Oh. That's basically the scene. Israel was the most powerful military of that time, not because of who they were, but because of the God they served. Isn't it interesting that the moment they faced something that was big in the natural they forgot about what was big spiritually. See, when a nation forgets about the foundation of spirituality for which it was built upon, that nation inevitably becomes weak. Why? Because that nation forgets about the spiritual God that built it. Oh, let me give you some Bible because y'all looking at me like a deer in the headlights. Let me give you some word. Let me give you Psalms, Psalms 9, 17. Psalm 9, 17. It says, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. That's pretty strong. When a nation forgets God. Now, let me just, let me just say this. Do you realize we are the only nation other than Israel built on the premise of God? So this Bible is talking about America. When America forgets God, that nation goes to hell. Now, I'm just giving you Bible. I'm, not, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not trying to, I'm not one of those doomsday kind of preachers. But I do preach truth because I see the direction that this nation is going in. With all of the mixture that we see in our churches, I can see why the churches are losing strength. Because they're too busy capitulating to the people instead of giving the people truth. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. It's called liberal religion. That's what it's called. Yeah. And you can go to some churches right now on the marquee in Charlotte. It says, yes, we are liberal. And you know what that means? Yes, come as you are. You don't have to change. Because, see, Jesus is not an inclusive God. He's a transformational God. Jesus don't say, come as you are and stay as you are. Jesus says, come as you are and let me change your crazy behind. Now, that's the kind of God I serve. He's a transformational God. Now, the church receives all for you to change. Let me say that one more time because I don't want to make sure you get this. We receive all for you to change. We receive all for you to change including everybody that's sitting in the seats today. We don't turn anybody away from the church. But when you come in the church, you come in the church to be transformed. You don't come in the church to stay as you are. And you're definitely not going to come in this church to try to change this church's structure. Because the structure of this church is based on this. 
See, if, if, if and when, because it's going to happen, you see me on CNN, and they ask me a direct question, I am going to give them a direct answer. I am not going to go all the way around my knee to get to my elbow and then not answer the question when I am a pastor of the largest church in the United States. No, it's very clear. Ask me a direct question, I'll give you a direct answer. When a pastor can't do that, then you see why the church is in the condition that it's in. Wait a minute, you mean you can't just give a direct answer? Is, is sin wrong? Yeah, it's wrong. It's an abomination. You believe in sin? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. you sinning now. <laughs> they ain't going to like me, I'm just telling you right now. They're they only going to invite me once. So since I know they're only going to invite me one time, I got to get it all in. I'm, hey, I, I might as well get it all in. That first time, so they can understand, this is a real man of God. So when you invite that pastor down there from Indian Trail, you just better make sure you got your questions tailored right. <laughs> Ask me about homosexuality. I'm not afraid of the word. We should talk about it because it's in our face every day. Amen. They're pushing that agenda. You're trying to determine if boys can use boys' restrooms. Wait a minute. What the? What? The church needs to be talking about this. Here's the church. Oh, we can't talk about homosexuality. But you let them all up in your church singing up in. Oh, that's why you don't want to talk about it. Uh, I got it. I got it. But we got to talk about it, saints. Because it's going to make the country more spiritually weak if we don't talk about it. It's sin just like any other sin. And I am not going to capitulate just because the culture wants me to. Now, we do it in a loving way because I love everybody. I feel like I needed a whole lot of love to get me saved. But they're no different than a liar or a fornicator. Sin is sin, saints. Don't listen. Don't don't get all self-righteous and try to put one sin up above another. Sin is sin. Listen, you ask me a direct question, get a direct answer. It doesn't matter what I believe, but the Bible says. See, that's the way I respond to everything. Uh, well, pastor, do you believe that homosexuality is wrong? It doesn't matter what I believe, sir. But the Bible says it's wrong. And since it says it's wrong, then that's what I believe. Next question. <laughs> so you're telling me that when people live that kind of lifestyle, that somehow they're going against God? Yes, sir. Next question. <laughs> Let me give you another scripture real quick so we can pray and get out of here. Write this one down. Proverbs 14.34. Proverbs 14.34. And I hope anybody listening to this podcast, I hope you're not getting offended because I love the homosexual community. I really do. I really do. I love the homosexual community. You can come into this church, but you're going to get truth, though. Right? Truth. But... That's no different than somebody that's an adulterer that comes into this church or a liar or a fornicator. Yeah, you can't even say that word. Don't say that. Ooh, fornicator. That's a cuss word. No, that just means you're having sex and you're not married. That's a fornicator. Hello. We need to talk about that kind of stuff, saints. <laughs> why, why, why we won't talk about it? Because that's what's happening. Every day. Right. We need to talk about this kind of stuff. And I just I just so happen to be one of them kind of pastors that I'm, I don't, I'm not shy about stuff like that, because I truly believe what's killing the church is we haven't been talking about stuff openly. 
Now listen, we need to do everything in love, thanks to God. So hear my heart in this. Everything has to be done in love. Everybody in this room has a homosexual brother, mother, dad, uncle, sister, them, co-worker, somebody. It's, it, look, we love them just like I love anybody else. And we got them in our family, and they come to us just like anybody else. I love on them. They know our life, but they also know if they come to ask me a direct question, I'm going to give them a direct answer. But they love us and we love them. Love covers a multitude of sin. But just because I love you don't mean I'm going to put up with your stuff. You can ask my daughters that mess. I love you, but I ain't putting up with everything. All right. Y'all ready for this last verse so we can go? Yeah, Pastor, we ready to get out of here now. I heard. Who said that? (laughs) <laughs> Probably, I heard y'all I mean, <laughs> Y'all ain't right Proverbs 14.34 You ready? Proverbs 14.34 says Righteousness exalts a nation But sin is a reproach to any people Righteousness exalts a nation Somebody say that Another policy is not going to exalt a nation Another president won't exalt this nation Democrat or Republican, because y'all know how I feel. I hate both parties, so y'all know how I feel about both of them, because I think all of them are doing a bad job. Ain't no more money going in my pocket. But I already told y'all, that, that, that FICA person, I, that, I don't know about y'all, but every time I look at my check and I see that FICA person on my, on my check, that, that person taking all my stuff. Right, y'all, so yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You, you got FICA on yours, too? Oh, she gets around. <laughs> that chick gets around. Hey, like, you got, oh, that chick is done to women too. You got it on your check. Man, y'all need to discover who that is. Righteousness exalts a nation. This is the main reason why, as a church of the living God, we have to teach truth. The only thing that's going to exalt this nation or any other nation is right living. Let me give you some history. The only reason the Constitution works. It's when people live right. Amen. The Constitution is not for those who don't live right. Because if you don't live right, you go to jail. Amen. So when we start talking about Second Amendment stuff, that's our right. Because I live right. And because I live right, I ain't going to be out here shooting people. I ain't going to be in the shooting. Amen. But if you come up in my house... I have a Second Amendment right to bear arms. arms. I'm not talking about my arms here. (laughs) And we are loaded in this family here, both of us. And I might have to take you out and preach your funeral. I got a license for that. I got a license to carry and to preach your funeral. Praise God. Right? I'm going to protect my family. Mm-hmm. I'm going to protect my family. I'm going to shoot first and then ask, stop! Pay <laughs> <laughs> out, stop! <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> all right, that's, y'all got that right? All right, all right, that's all I got for today. We're going to finish the other six, I think, <laughs> n- next Sunday, but it all depends on what God wants to do, right? Amen? Amen. Amen. Y'all ready? Amen. You sure you're ready to, do, to go do great things for God? Are you sure? Yes. 
don't know. Y'all sure? You're going to take a risk. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.